0: He's averaging 6.2 yards per completion this year. It's a career low as a starter, actually. 6.2 yards per completion. In 2019, though, it was 6.6. I mean, you could go through yards, TDs, interceptions, Luke. All of those stats are, like, very close to 2019. When Brady played behind a bad offensive line he didn't trust, lost a first-round playoff game at home, and got out of Dodge. Plenty to come, of course, on Tom Brady and the Bucks coming off this really tough loss to the 49ers, including his Brady having secret beatings with his skill players and not looping in the coaches before the game. We'll get into all that here during the program, but first and foremost, it's the Bucks Wire podcast. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as I am each week by my good friend, Luke Easterling. Luke, of course, is the managing editor of USA Today's Bucks Wire. Luke, how you doing, my man?
1: Uh, what can you say man it was it was 28 nothing at halftime there were, it was one of those games where like there were a couple moments that you could have like been mad at the refs or whatever but like and then the way the Bucks played the rest of the game you're like you know what no I don't I don't get to complain about the refs the team plays this poorly in every phase of the game I mean coaching offense defense it was so bad thankfully the return game was fun Devin Tompkins had a nice day that was about it um it was just, a, it was just a, a, a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Uh, just no other way to slice
0: it. It's tough. The Bucks go up against a real team. 49ers are a real team uh, with a good operation, really good defense, and the Bucks just have nothing for them. Uh, we hit a big play to Mike Evans. Gets called back by penalty. And the Bucs really don't have much else for them. It's tough. Uh, and now there's a lot going on, and a lot of people are talking about the offense, what's going wrong, talking about Tom Brady, talking about his future in football with the Bucs, whatever, is he heading to the booth? to start, you know, broadcasting for Fox Sports, right, Luke? And this one article on Buckswire, we got to start here, man. This is just, I, I I spit out my coffee when I was reading this one. So uh, this is the article about by uh, Mike Silver of the San Francisco Chronicle. He writes, On the night before each game, Brady runs a separate meeting with the Bucks' skill players, during which he goes over the game plan, makes tweaks to a- assignments and formations, and provides a revised blueprint one which first-year head coach Todd Bowles, offensive coordinator Byron Lefwich and the rest of the staff are left to discover in real time once the game begins. What, what am I reading here, Luke? What's going on here? That is like the definition of dysfunction, man. What is your take on that thing?
1: Well, I, honestly, it was funny to watch because cause that was brought up to Todd, obviously, the next day after, the, after we put that out and, you know, obviously, he said what every coach would say, which is like, "Oh no, we know about those meetings. We totally know everything."
0: Sure, Todd. Yeah, whatever you say. Todd, we're not surprised
1: talk. by anything. That's fine. But uh, you know, but Mike Silver has been around a long time. He has a, a nice rolodex of uh, of sources, which is why he was sitting with Tom at his locker after the game on Sunday and, and wrote a nice a nice piece on on that whole game, like like he usually does. And you know, if, if Mike says something, it's not it's because someone who's who knows told him you know what I mean like it's just one of those things Mike's got sources everywhere he's got a lot of a lot of people who know a lot of things so you know Todd Todd can say all day long that's not the case that you know if, if Mike Silver was told that by somebody somebody thinks that's the case somebody very close to what's going on is under the impression that that's how it goes so you know I'm not saying what's what's true and what's not but I feel like that's something that's that's plausible. I feel like that's definitely something that, you know, and again, even if it does that, like, to me, the end result is really the, the biggest, like, I don't know that it matters. Like, on the field, the offense hasn't really done much anyway. So whether or not it could be worse, if Brady wasn't having meetings, or maybe if the meetings are making it worse, I don't know. I don't particularly care. I just wish they would fix it.
0: We've we talked about this before on the pod, Luke. It's like Brady goes on and on about how we're just not on the same page. We're not. We just gotta get on the same page. It's like, well, when they're hearing one thing from the coaching staff, and then you're telling them something different, Tom. And there's no like meeting of the minds in between. Like, come on. Of course, like of course, guys aren't gonna be on the same page here. Come on. It's
1: just weird. It's, it's weird. It's weird. It's been a weird year, and there's just one more weird thing to throw on the list, man.
0: So weird. So weird. Yeah. So, I mean. We talk about the goat all the time, giving him the pull, giving him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, we can give you Wednesdays off, Tom. That makes sense. Oh, sure, take some time during the training camp. That's fine. But we're getting secret meetings that the coaches don't know about. Uh, I don't know if, if Mike Silver is exaggerating that at all. I'm going to take his word for it. Uh, I trust his reporting. Holy crap! What a, what a line that was! What an article! So uh, yeah, we, we're going to give Brady some pull, Luke. But my gosh, like this is. I think the Bucks need to go back. I think even Todd Bowles has to look. And if that's true, if Todd Bowles doesn't know that what's going on there and he's figuring it out on the fly during the game. And there's not that communication with him and Brady. Obviously that's a failure of operation and they got to fix that and stop it. <laughs> Hopefully Mike Silver's article uh, does that. But uh, here's my real question this week, Luke, that was just kind of funny and it's been sticking with me reading that article. And again, I saw it for the first time on Bucks wire. So uh, that's why folks need to be going to that website. Uh, but the quick game, right? Is the quick game, the problem, right? Because Brady is like, it feels like this season Brady has taken like the live to play another down mantra a little too seriously, right? Like the Bucs are among the bottom third of the league in big pass plays, aka pass plays of greater than twenty five yards. They're down there in the bottom third. This is one thing. Like his numbers are really scary when you start to compare them to 2019, which was his final season with the Patriots, when he was kind of playing out the string, his mind was elsewhere, and he was getting ready to move on. Right now, with the Bucs, his quarterback rating is eighty eight point nine. In twenty nineteen, it was eighty eight point zero. He's averaging 6.2 yards per completion this year. It's a career low as a starter, actually. 6.2 yards per completion. In 2019, though, it was 6.6. I mean, you could go through yards, TDs, interceptions, Luke. All of those stats are, like, very close to 2019. When Brady played behind a bad offensive line he didn't trust, lost a first-round playoff game at home, and got out of dodge. And that offseason, he left and ultimately <laughs> landed with the Bucks. It's starting to feel like 2019 all over again. You know, I've watched every Brady snap, uh, going back to his Patriots days. It's starting to feel like that again, and that's not a good sign.
1: No, it's, it's really not. And, and, again, this I don't know if the quick game is the problem as much as it – and, again, this is, you talked about it earlier. You don't trust the offensive line. So I, I've seen multiple throws this year, specific in examples, where if Brady would have held on to it for, like, a split second more and would have seen the deeper route open up as opposed to just checking it down for two yards, he could have had some much bigger plays, but he can't, first of all, he can't escape. He can't get out of the pocket. So if he's if he's unsure whether or not that, that last half a second, that last third of a second, is going to be the difference between him getting rid of the ball at all or getting sacked, he's going to continue to err on the side of just get rid of it, dump it off to the running back, let him try to make a few yards as opposed to me taking a sack. Because you at least gain a couple yards instead of losing some yards, you get you don't give the defense as much momentum when you don't get sacked. And, and but uh, the flip side, you're passing up those bigger plays. And so it, it's just a, it all comes back to the offensive line, man. You, you, it's really hard to lose a Pro Bowl guard and Ali Marpet who retired. You lose your other starting guard and Alex Capo on the right side. You bring in Shaq Mason, who you know from your time in New England, if you're Tom. But it still takes time to you know to get the communication into gel with that unit. You lose Pro Bowl center Ryan Jensen on the second day of training camp. You lose Aaron Finney, who was supposed to play left guard and replace Marfett, who he had started that whole Super Bowl run in the playoffs. So they kind of had could rely on him. Both of those guys get injured in the preseason and training camp, and you don't have them for the rest of the year. So it's just I think he has very little trust that he's going to be able to wait that extra you know half a second to be able to to get rid of those those deep throws. But honestly, looking at Sunday's game, I mean, there were multiple throws where he looked like final year Drew Brees and Peyton Manning. Off, right?
0: right, just it's off the multiple,
1: mark. Multiple deep shots where Julio had beaten his guy and then Scotty Miller had torched his guy. And both just could have walked in for six. And Brady underthrows them both very, very poorly. You had the, the, the easy touchdown to Mike Evans on fourth down, the, the short one where Evans beats his guy off the line. He's wide open to the corner and Brady throws in this like weird low back shoulder thing at his feet, like behind the defense. It was the weirdest. And like, even Mike after the play kind of looked at Brady, like what the <laughs> heck was that? Like what in the world? I mean, obviously, you know, totally. he's the goat. He's not Brady. You know, not want to criticize, like you get it. But like, even, even he was frustrated. He was like, "What? like, I don't know, a picture was worth a thousand words there. So, like, there are these moments where you start to wonder, like, is this the the regression that we've been waiting for for, what, like 10 years now? We've been waiting for him to, like, show some sort of sign um, that he's kind of – the play is falling off. But, you know, it's been off and on. But at the same time, there have been so many other struggles that you feel like sometimes he's the only reason they win at all. So, it's just – like I said earlier, man, it's been a weird year. It's definitely not what they expected, definitely not what they planned for. Um, there's been a ton of injuries on defense too, which hasn't helped, but yeah, I I just think the quick game part of it is just a a result of the fact that that offensive line, they just, he can't rely on it as much as he he could the last couple years.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. And you shared a a really amazing stat with me, Luke, before we started recording, just want to throw it out here for the listeners. Seven points off turnover. So the Bucks have seven points off turnover since week four. (laughs) So uh, that's an amazing stat to me. That's glaring. I mean, what changes a game more than the defense getting a turnover, the offense scoring a touchdown? I mean, that is just that's a game changing situation in football. And the Bucks are barely they have seven points off turnovers since week four. Most teams have that in a, in a game each game. You know, uh, wow. So, yeah, entry is definitely a problem, but it's just one of many problems for the Bucs right now. We'll keep talking about it here. Uh, Luke, you got any big fantasy games going on this weekend? Big fantasy matchups?
1: Yeah, I've got, uh, let's see, I'm, I'm in a couple of, of leagues, that one of which doesn't go to the playoffs until next week because the commissioner is not paying attention and doesn't know the whole, you never no, put your championship on League One of those, on one of those guys, yeah. I've, I've even brought it up before, and they still just don't, I don't, it's frustrating. It's like a really, it's a weird league, though. It's like heavy on defense, so you like, you, fill, you field almost an entire defense of like individual defensive players, and they fun. score as much as the offensive players do, so it's fun. Um that's the only redraft league I play in anymore because I have a dynasty league that we've been doing for with mostly the same guys. I think there's only one team that's ever changed hands in ten years this is our this is our ninth season with this dynasty league that we've awesome. that we've been doing, and so that's the league that really I pay the most attention to it's like a fifty dollar buy in a bunch of guys that I used to work with at the Tampa Tribune uh when I was on the sports desk there back in the day and and some friends and and been the same crew for almost a decade now so that's the league I'm really focused on. I, I clinched the final playoff spot. I grabbed that six seed this weekend, um, so I'm going into uh, I'm going into this weekend with a, a chance to, to to do what the Bucks, I guess, are, hope, are hoping to do, which is barely skate in and then just do some damage once they get there. That's my plan.
0: Well, it's always a fun time of year. Games on Saturday, games on Sunday. Let's go! You always know it's man. I cannot believe it's like a week from Christmas when the games kick off on Sunday. Lucas Wild, but yeah, we're in the fantasy playoffs. It's that time of year, and our buddy Corey Bonini over at Huddle.com has advice for us. So let's hear that, and then Luke and I will be right back. This
2: is the Typical Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. 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 Welcome to the Fantasy Football Playoffs. I'm Corey Bonini of TheHuddle.com, here to bring you strong plays for Week 15. Indianapolis Colts quarterback Matt Ryan at the Minnesota Vikings. Ryan, coming out of the bye week, takes on a Vikings defense that has allowed eight finishes of QB 13 or better in the last nine games. Just two defenses have given up more points to quarterbacks in 2022, and one of them allowed double the rushing scores as Minnesota. This matchup is 30.3% better than league average. Even a fading star like Ryan should be able to exploit Minnesota's secondary. Kansas City Chiefs running back Isaiah Pacheco at Houston Texans. This matchup profiles better for Pacheco finding success than his red hot backfield mate Jarek McKinnon. Since week 9, running backs have averaged the 7th most rushing yards per game and a touchdown every 36.8 attempts, but this is the number one defense to exploit on the year. 15 times a running back has made it into double digit PPR territory, and this matchup is 28.6% better than the league average. McKinnon will get his, but Pacheco should finish on the border between RB1 and number two performers. Washington Commanders wide receiver Jahan Dotson versus New York Giants. The rookie wideout posted five receptions for 54 yards and a touchdown on nine targets before the bye week hit. Now, Dotson will take on a Giants defense again, his opponent from the aforementioned Week 13 showing. He was involved more as a receiver of late, and it wouldn't be a surprise to see that continue down the stretch. New York has allowed wide receivers top 10 stats for receptions and yardage per contest since Week 9, and this defense has given up a touchdown per game to the position during that window. Tight end David Njoku, Cleveland Browns, versus Baltimore Ravens. After missing Week 13 with a bum knee, only to return for a seven-catch, 59-yard, one touchdown line on nine looks in his first contest with Deshaun Watson under center, and Joku faces a Baltimore defense that has done a pretty good job of limiting tight ends of late. He was good for 14.1 fantasy points without scoring a touchdown in week seven. Consecutive tight ends have posted at least 12 PPR points against his defense in the most recent pair of games, and eight tight ends have posted at least 10 points versus the Ravens in 2022. Six touchdowns have been scored by the position on the year. Don't be scared off by the name brand of Baltimore's defense. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. Four seven zero zero in Colorado.
0: All right, we're back. Uh, thankfully, Luke, the Bucs get a nice cupcake uh, bounce back game here this week against. <laughs> oh wait, never mind. <laughs> so the Bucks are home again. They're dogs. Three and a half points. They got the Bengals. Not a great time to be getting the Bengals, right? The Bengals were kind of. They kind of seem like they they they're feeling their way back into it after that Super Bowl run last year. They they lost to the Rams. Thought they should have won it. That was a bummer uh but you know they came out it was a slow start to the season for them but man are they hot now boy is joe burrow playing good quarterback right like i mean he's playing better he's even playing better than brock purdy i think right now joe burrow is uh so uh, my opening take coming into this one luke is just like a lot of worry like there is a very real chance that the bucks could be outside the playoff pitcher when we get to week 16 Uh, Now, I know you told us last week that that won't be the end of the world, and and I'm sure you'll tell us that again, but the Panthers, I'm starting to worry about the Panthers. They've won two straight. They've won three of four. They're literally running teams over right now with the run game. They figured it out. Uh, They've got a banged up Steelers team this week, which might be without Kenny Pickett. The Panthers are actually favored to beat the Steelers. So if they win and the Bucks lose, the Panthers are first place in the division all of a sudden. (laughs) So think of that. The Panthers, a team that fired its head coach and a bunch of others on the staff. Traded away its best offensive player. They were two and seven at one point this year. That team could be ahead of the Bucks in the NFC South standings after this week. Like, we're in the twilight zone, man. This is what this is like the life we're living in right now. So I'm worried about the Panthers. It makes me kind of like even more nervous for the Bucs about this game. But again, you don't think this is a must win, right? But uh, man, it doesn't get any easier against this Red Hut Bengals team, does it?
1: No, it doesn't. And and again, this is a game where Honestly, I think if the Bucs were facing a, a bad team this week, the Bucs fans might be more nervous yes. because, you know, they, they were, they would be in a situation where like, oh, they're supposed to win. This should be a good bounce back. And that, that just makes people nervous at this point. Like even looking ahead to the Cardinals game, you're th- like there, I can't be the only Bucks fan who watched Kyler Murray go down Monday night and think, Oh, that that means it's gonna the Bucks. It's gonna make it even worse when the Bucks lose to Colt McCoy.
0: He's not that bad a because backup. That's,
1: like that's that's what happens though. It's like when PJ Walker beats you and Kenny Pickett gets hurt and Mitch Trubisky beats you. And this is again, we've talked about this before. This goes back years. Like the Bucks have been notorious for the more obscure your quarterback is, <laughs> the more nervous Bucks fans are going to be that you're going to lose for some reason. And then Brock Purdy does it again on nope. Sunday, so it's <laughs> just. It's just ridiculous at this point. So Kyler Murray goes down and now you've got Colt McCoy. I think I, again, I can't be the only Bucks fan that was like, great. That's just going to make us feel even worse when they win. Um, but yeah, I mean, going into this game, there's just, there can't be any pressure, at least from the fan base. Like the Bengals should absolutely wipe the floor with the Bucks. Um So especially after what we saw, there may have been a little hope after the Saints game that like, oh, maybe they're building something, go and make some noise against San Francisco. Maybe, you know, obviously that that was put to bed very quickly. Um, and the expectations should be very low this weekend. So the only thing that can happen that would be a surprise would be a good one. So if the Bucks go in there and, and for some reason are able to shock the world and 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 beat the the Bengals, that would be great. That would be icing on uh, on whatever cake this happens to be. It's not a very yummy cake so far this, this season. Um, but again, like I, like I said, I think it was last week. They all they have to do, all the Bucks have to do, is win those last two games against Carolina and Atlanta to win the division they would end up with the tiebreakers over Carolina they would end up with a, a five and one division record pretty decent NFC record um, most of their losses will have been against AFC teams which helps them out there so all they have to do is win those last two now you know thanks to the Saints win that was a big one so they can lose this game again to the to the Bengals it's honestly the loss that hurts them the least because it's the last AFC team they play um, but then they've got Arizona on the road on Christmas and then they've got those two NFC South games so However bad it might get on Sunday, and it could get really bad, like you said, the the bear, the, the Bengals are pretty hot here, so um, it might be another ugly one. But just try, you know, Bucks fans, just try to keep the faith, keep your hopes up, because uh, at the end of the day, even if they lose these next two, they can still they can still get in the dance if they win those last two.
0: They can get in. I'm still worried about the Panthers a little bit, and that game against the Panthers too that's coming up. I just feel like that team is uh, it's. It's got some weird momentum and juice, right? Again, I thought they were tanking Luke, and now they're on the precipice of taking over the division lead in the NFC South. Uh, is this, is any of this, you know, this blowout loss to the 49ers, uh, the Bucks really only being able to win these games against bad teams where they're like miracle comebacks, it seems lately. Uh, are right. you uh is this making you more nervous for if they do get in the playoffs for them being able to make a run? Or do you think this was more of like a a first round exit type of situation this year. I I think, you know, I I go back to that, those comments I made in the last segment about this being way too similar to 2019 Brady. And again, that team went out at home against the Titans 2019, the Patriots did, and got smoked. And I'm just worried that if the Bucs do make the playoffs right now, as it stands today, I don't see them winning a game in the playoffs. Like, I want to say, I believe in the Bucs. They've won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. It's Tom Brady, but like, how do you see, like, I again, I don't see how the Bucs beat the Bengals right now. How how do they win a playoff game right now? It's like, and we got to they got to change our minds, Luke, in a month. it's tough. It's tough to see right now. I mean, I know football is a week to week league. It can change, but man, it's hard to see right now, isn't it?
1: It is, and I think the only thing I would say is that first of all, if they make the playoffs, everything else is gravy. Like everything else is, if they if they are somehow able to beat the Cowboys, which is again who they would most likely face in that scenario, and sure like they it. beat them in week one, but both of these teams were very different teams back in week one um even though that game was in dallas and this would be in tampa um not that there wouldn't be a bunch of cowboys fans at that game it would be probably pretty split which is sad but we here in tampa we're kind of used to that unfortunately um you know it's just the the biggest thing that will determine that uh is is obviously you've got brady so you always have a chance but a month is a long time to get healthy and so you know, I we talked about it off air. You know, I think the Bucks had seven or nine Pro Bowlers last year and I think six of them are out right now. Um, you know, you're not gonna get Shaq Barrett back. He's out for the year with the torn Achilles. You're most likely not going to get uh Ryan Jensen back at any point this season. I think there's been some some there was some initial hope because they didn't put him on the season ending IR that maybe he could be back around time you know in time for a, a late playoff game much like they did with Vita Bea in twenty twenty. Um Everything Todd Bowles has said since then has been very downplay. has been downplayed all that. and has rained on that parade very much. It seems like they are are not expecting him to come back at any point this season. So with those guys out, you're not expecting them back. But, you know, you're expecting to get Tristan Wurfs back at some point. they one of the best tackles in the league. You're expecting to get Antoine Winfield Jr., Pro Bowl safety, back uh, at some point. Um, you know, there are some key guys that they're missing right now. They've been missing Mike Edwards as well. The other starting safety for that secondary it's been really, really thin. Um, you know, it, it's just Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks have both had foot injuries for like three weeks now. Um, you know, this team is not fully healthy. And Donovan Smith has been playing despite, I mean, he got that weird elbow injury, that hyperextended elbow that was really scary looking in week one against Dallas. And he came back, I think two weeks later. I don't think he's been right all year. I think that has a lot to do with how poorly he's played is that maybe he's just not fully healthy and he's just trying to gut through it. Um. But again, a month is a long time to get healthier, to get some of those key guys back on both sides of the ball. And I think if the Bucks can get as healthy as they can, again, Jensen's probably not coming back, Barrett's definitely not. But if they can get as healthy as possible and get the 53 guys you know, healthy as they can before the playoffs, they can be a much different team than we've seen over the last month or two uh, just, just for getting some of those guys back in the lineup.
0: There you go. There's a nice positive spin on it. Luke, I like it. But you've been saying that all year. Got to get healthy, got to get healthy, so hopefully we can get there. But again, and, and another thing Luke has been saying, could get blown out by the 49ers, could get blown out by the Cincinnati Bengals at home, and it doesn't mean anything. doesn't mean the season's over. You just got to win those two division games at the end. So so that's where we're at. Bucks Bengals, looking forward to this one. Maybe the Bucks will show us something, Luke. You never know. Uh, what's going on uh, with Bucks Wire here leading up to kickoff? Any, any articles you guys are looking at or, sorry, working on? That folks could be going to the website to check out.
1: Uh, I mean, none of it's fun right now. None of it's <laughs> terribly happy. Yeah. Um, you know, we did have a we did have a fun one uh, yesterday. Um, uh, Mackenzie Salmon over at, uh, at Sports Seriously, part of our USA Today network. She had a great interview with Gronk uh, that was really fun. About you know, sure I could come back and help out Brady, kind of tongue in cheek, joking about it. But you know, definitely admits that he, he could probably could be helpful. That he's done playing. He's been adamant about that, but he had a fun interview talking about how he and he and Tom should team back up at Fox Sports, which would be pretty fun. Um, so definitely go over to Bucks Wire and check that out. Um, I did a piece talking about how frustrating it is to hear Todd Bowles continue to say things about the team identity and, hey, we just have to figure out who we are. It's week 15, Todd. You're the head it's, coach. It's a great you point. don't know who your team is at this point. How can you expect your players to, to to answer that for you? So just, you know, a lot of frustration. I know that, you know, there's been a lot of fans calling for, massive coaching changes for weeks now i don't think that's going to happen i don't even know that it happens after the year is over i I, the glazers i don't i just don't see it happening um but it's just been a really tough year to watch not just maybe brady's last year ever or definitely or maybe in tampa you know to to see the talent around him that's still healthy and to see how poorly it's being you know maximized i guess it's just been a really rough thing to see so it's not a lot there's not a lot of sunshine and rainbows at bucks wire right Definitely keep the faith. Even if they lose these next two, they could still have a playoff run. And as as we've seen before, that's all you need is is a ticket to get in and, and you never know what will happen.
0: That's Luke Easterling again. Go check him out on BucksWire, DraftWire, Twitter, all that. Luke's got great stuff going on. I'm Ryan O'Leary. We appreciate you joining the podcast. We'll be back next week to break down Bucks Bengals. Talk to you then.